0: Win! The cards win! They walk them off! The cards win! And they see new life here in Omaha! You're listening to the Third and Central Podcast, powered by the state of Louisville.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Third and Central Podcast, the only podcast dedicated solely to the University of Louisville baseball program. This is your host, Matt Sefkovic, joined by your co-host, Aaron Turner. Most of you know him on Twitter from the Louisville Baseball Alumni Report. Aaron, since we talked about two weeks ago, a lot of things have changed. Um, before we dive into that, I know you've had a lot going on yourself with finals ending and starting your summer. So uh, how's everything going on your end?
0: Yeah, I am doing great. Now that school's out, finals are done, Louisville baseball is coming down to the wire. I am, I am doing fantastic. How are you doing, Matt? And I'm doing well.
1: I can't complain. And I just want to throw this out there since we did relaunch the podcast two weeks ago, Louisville is eight and one. So I just want to throw that out there. I'm not, not saying we can take all the credit for it, um, but no, you know, no coincidence that Louisville has gone on a, a little run since we brought the podcast back.
0: Yeah, I think we take a little bit of, of credit for <laughs> there, but you know.
1: All right. So currently where we sit right now, just to kind of bring you up to speed on Louisville's resume, we're actually recording this on Tuesday that Vandy Game just ended. We'll dive into that a little bit more later on. Louisville, after the Vandy game on Tuesday night, is 32 and 12. They currently sit at 14 and 7 in the ACC and are leading the Atlantic Division by one game over Notre Dame. One thing to keep an eye on with the standings in the Atlantic Division is Vandy, I'm sorry, Notre Dame is going to play three less games than the normal schedule. Mainly, that's because they they just cancel anytime the wind blows up there in South Bend. So that's neither here nor there. But one thing to keep an eye when it comes to percentages. So we've got a one game lead right now. Um, got three series left where they just have a couple, so they don't have as many games left in conference. So that's one thing to keep an eye on. But as far as rankings that just came out this week, Louisville is kind of all over the place. D one has them at tenth, up from sixteen. Baseball America is up at uh, has Louisville up to seven. Uh, NCBWA has Louisville at 14, which is their worst ranking. Uh, Collegiate Baseball has them fifth, which is their best. Coaches Poll has them at 10th, and Perfect Game has them at 11th. So they've moved up this week um, due to the week that they've had. We'll discuss that here in a few minutes. But moving on up the right time of the year, cards are hot right now. RPIs on the roll so Aaron talk about that a little bit
0: yeah just real quick here we got RPI which currently sits at 15 and that is up from 40 uh, from last week that is a huge jump and then we have strength of schedule also which currently sits at 38 both RPI and strength of schedule that just has a chance to keep getting better and keep moving up as we come down the stretch here we got some uh, tough opponents that are coming up and i look for both of those to uh, potentially make a jump top 10, top 15.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, that's the biggest thing that held Louisville back last year for making the tournament was their RPI. So seeing that, you know, up in the top 15 right now, that's huge. You know, still have a lot of baseball left to play, but, you know, we're moving up. We're going in the right direction. So going over the last couple of weeks since we have recorded, like I said, Louisville's gone 8-1, and, and they really playing really good baseball. They played North Carolina State at home, uh, not this past weekend, the weekend before, and that was one of the best college baseball series I've seen in a long time. Game one, Friday night, it was Louisville won the game 11-4, to four, but Tommy White really made all the headlines for North Carolina State. If you haven't watched this guy play, he's named Tommy Tanks for a reason. He's a freshman. I think he's up around 19 home runs for the season. They scored four runs on Friday night. All four of the runs came from home runs from Tommy White. So, um, scored the first four runs. I think Louisville scored uh, nine runs in the seventh inning. Started off by a grand slam by Bianco. Seems like every time that guy comes to the plate with bases loaded, he hits a grand slam. You know, Louisville hit ten hits again. You know, it seems like, again, Louisville's getting double-digit hits every single game. Saturday, game two, Louisville lost 15 to 10. Uh, North Carolina State hit five home runs. Louisville again had 11 hits, you know, double digit hits again, but just fell behind because the staff gave up 15 or yeah, 15 runs to the NC State. And then on Sunday, that was an absolutely wild game. The Wolfpack took a 5 0 lead in the top of the first inning. And then Louisville responded with, four in the bottom of the first to get it back within a run. Tommy White hits another home run a couple innings later, his fourth of the series. Him and Jack Payton have words as Tommy White crosses home plate because kids just kind of a punk. He hits the ball a country mile, but he talks about it too. So him and Payton had words in the seventh when he hit that home run. Fast forward to the eighth inning. Payton comes up with bases loaded and hits a double to give – Louisville the lead, and they never gave it back after that. So, just a good series. Um, North Carolina State, they hit 11 home runs on the weekend, which isn't ideal. But, you know, when you've got an offense that puts up 32 runs in three games, it's it's going to be easy to win series. Yep
0: and uh yeah Tommy Tanks man he is different that guy he does not play like a freshman uh, honestly a lot of people were even surprised that he made it to NC State last fall a lot of people thought that he would go in the draft and he opted to tell teams that he had his heart set on going to NC State and it's definitely looking like it paid off for him yeah he's going to make a lot
1: of money one day cuz the i mean he doesn't look like a freshman either he's, oh, he's yeah no he's, <laughs> um so then after that Louisville went down uh, or Louisville, they hosted Western after they uh, went down to Bowling Green a couple weeks ago. Western came up here. Western took a 4 0 lead in the early on, and then Louisville scored the final 11 runs of the game uh, to take that one 11 to 4 for the midweek before they hosted Clemson.
0: Yeah. So with Clemson, uh, the Clemson came in hot. You know, this isn't the typical Clemson year. Uh, but it's still Clemson and they were playing their best baseball of the season coming to, into Louisville on that Friday. And Jared Poland shut them down for eight innings. I believe he had 13 strikeouts and, you know, both uh, came in for the ninth, gave up a couple runs, but you know, that's all good. Seven to two win on Friday and Jared Poland has come on really strong. He looks like a solidified Friday night guy and, Every week it seems like he's growing more confident on the mound. He looks looks the part of a Friday night guy. He's got that demeanor. And so he's been really fun to watch this season. Uh going into Saturday, that was a 10 to 8 win. That was a uh that was a pretty crazy game too. But nothing nothing comes close to what Sunday was. That 18 to 15 win. Uh, you know, I want to call this weekend the Levi Usher weekend too, because That guy had an amazing weekend, both with the glove and with the bat, hit a home run on, I believe it was the Sunday game. He had a home run and he had probably one of the best catches I've seen in a college game on Saturday, which ended up making the difference as we only won by two, but that he took a two run home run away, which helped seal the deal for the cards on Saturday and and then he came out on on Sunday too and made another highlight reel catch so it's been really fun to see Levi Usher put it all together this year and uh that 18 to 15 win that was definitely a little scary I believe we were up 18 to 9 going into the ninth and I think we needed three three or four pitchers to come in for the ninth and, and seal it but hey we got the job done and as Jody Demling on the broadcast said, you know, this offense is nuclear. You know, it is inevitable that this offense is going to score. And when you score 18 runs in a game, that's uh, – it's pretty hard to come back from for Clemson.
1: Yeah, this this offense is potent. What they're doing right now, I think they're scoring 9.7 runs a game, which will obviously come down just a tad after the win over Vandy tonight. But the biggest concern right now is, you know, the pitching. You know, Louisville swept Clemson this weekend, which was huge. Clemson didn't have the best record coming in to the weekend, but their RPI was so strong that it really gave Louisville a huge boost in, the, in their own RPI. So that was big, but the, my biggest concern is we gave up 10 runs in the ninth inning in the three games combined. And that, you know, we, we swept the series, so you hate to, hate to be negative, but Dave McDonald is always looking for areas to grow. And I know that's a concern and I know that's something that him and Roger Williams are trying to work on, which, you know, look like they, uh, they found some answers tonight against Vandy. So cards took on Vandy tonight in Nashville <laughs> just a weird game. Um, one, one to nothing. The only run coming off the bat of a home run from Ben Bianco, his 10th of the season. I think he's now the fourth batter to hit 10 home runs for the cards this year, but they, Broke a 28-game midweek winning streak for Vandy at home, so pretty impressive. Vandy just doesn't lose midweek games at home, and they they played a pretty tough schedule. So that's uh, you know speaks volumes to Louisville. They Vandy had a nine RPI heading into the game. Um, Louisville just gave up two hits and struck out 14 batters tonight. It was a group effort. We used I think seven pitchers. Carter Lohman got the start through the first couple innings. Riley Phillips came in. He actually picked up the win. He threw two innings, and then Carson Liggett, Tate Keener, Walter Hawks, and Perseki came in each throwing one inning. And Perseki picked up his ninth save of the year. So, big win down in Nashville tonight. Anytime Louisville wins the battle, battle the barrel, it's a big win. I think it's the first time they've won there since, or first time they played there since 2018. So. Anytime we take a win over SEC, become a win over an SEC team, I will definitely take it.
0: Yeah, for sure. And uh, I want to say that I was impressed with everybody on the mound tonight, but in particular Riley Phillips and Tate Keener; those two just shoved tonight, and it was really great to see that from Phillips, who hasn't looked the best as of late, but he looked untouchable. So that was awesome to see.
1: And they they interviewed. Dan, during the game, I don't know if you picked up on it. He, they took out Liggett and Keener just after an inning because he said those are guys that, you know, they look to be potential starters for this year's roster. So I, I don't know if, you know, I have no idea what he has in mind for the weekend rotation. It's changed so much over the past couple weeks that I'm not sure, you know, if he's just using tonight as a bullpen or a warm up, you know, something for those couple guys. So who knows what we're going to get. I would imagine you're going to get a, heavy dose of Jared Poland on Friday night, but on Saturday and Sunday, I I think they they probably don't know who it's going to be quite yet, depending on how this week plays out. So This weekend, Louisville is actually heading down to Wake Forest to take on the Demon Deacons. They are currently a three seed by D1 Baseball NCAA Tournament. They've got them in the Georgia Southern Regional, the Wake Forest—they're kind of on a losing streak right now. They've lost five of their last six ACC games. They were swept by Notre Dame. Notre Dame outscored them forty-two to eighteen over three games. So, needless to say, with this Louisville offense, there's going to be a lot of potential to score a bunch of runs. Uh, before the week before that, they lost two or three to Clemson. So. The wins are there. Um, Louisville has a big opportunity. If they keep keep winning games, there's there's no way that the committee is going to be able to keep them out of a, a hosting spot. So, um, big opportunity this weekend. The thing is, though, Wake Forest is hungry. They're right on the bubble of making the tournament. So, this is a big opportunity for Wake Forest to win a couple, you know, big games against a quality opponent. So, they're not going to lay down. Their Friday night starter, Rhett Lauder, probably one of the best pitchers in the ACC. He's got the best ERA, 2.32. He's got an 8-2 and two record, and he can go deep in the game. He's got electric stuff. So, Friday night, Louisville's going to get him. You know, we can just hope that Tate Keener – or I'm sorry, that Jared Poland showed up last weekend, shows up this weekend as well. But after that, their pitching really falls off. Um they Their closer, he's 1-1 one and one with a 1.71 ERA and five saves. But from louder to the closer, there's there's not a whole lot there. They're going to score a bunch of runs, though. They've got seven batters that are above 300, so very similar to Louisville's roster this year. So this has an opportunity to be a pretty high-scoring weekend. You know, you, I, don't, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to see some scores like we did with Clemson and NC State over the past couple weeks. A couple of the hitters they've got. Their best hitter is Brendan Tinsman. He's hitting 357 with 17 home runs and 52 RBI. So that's a guy that you just can't let him beat you by himself. You know, don't, don't let him do what Tommy White did to you a couple weekends ago. Uh, Tommy Hawk, I think he's hitting 380. Pierce Bennett, 379. Michael Turcone, he's hitting 327 with 10 home runs and 48 RBIs. Brock Wilkin. Doesn't have a good average, but he's hitting he's 274 with 14 home runs and 54 RBIs. So, all that to be said, it's not just one or two guys. You know, the, the pitching staff really is going to have to bring it this weekend against a team that has a pretty potent offense. And not that they haven't seen, you know, big offenses all year, but, for example, when they played NC State a couple weeks ago, they only had a couple hitters that they really had to throw to. Other than that, they didn't have many threats up and down the lineup. So Wake Forest is going to be a test for them this weekend.
0: Hey, if it comes down to a slugfest, I am taking our lineup 10 times out of 10. (laughs) Yes, Yes, absolutely. All right, so just going to move ahead briefly to what's coming in the next week. Uh, Following that Wake Forest series, we will host a midweek tilt against Indiana. Indiana not having the best year so far in the Big Ten. They are 20-24 and on the season with a 6-9 and record in conference. RPI is sitting all the way down there at one fourteen, so they are definitely not a tournament team. But it's still going to be a tough test for Louisville. You can never count out Indiana; they are historically a good team. And uh, of note, also with Indiana, our old buddy Jack Perkins is coming back to town. Yeah, I he, love uh, Perkins. He was one of my favorites. I loved um, watching him. um
1: oh gosh, Bobby Whalen is up there too, and he's having a pretty good season. Oh know. yeah he may have made it on campus for a year. I'm not hundred percent certain, or he may, I'm not, he may have redshirted or something, but he, he's up there and he's actually having a good year. I think he's starting for them. So. Um,
0: yeah. I, I completely like forgot team. about Waylon. Yeah. yeah we're, we're not going to get Perkins on, on Tuesday. I believe he's been there Friday or Saturday night guy, but it, it's been cool to see Perkins be able to go out there and have some success. And then uh, looking ahead to the, that weekend is a huge series against Virginia tech, uh, Virginia tech, currently is 31 and 10 on the year with a 14 and 8 record in the ACC play good for an RPI of a 5 which nobody saw coming i think in the preseason coaches poll they were projected to finish 6th in the coastal nobody saw this virginia tech team coming but it is a very good team from top to bottom they've got good pitching Offense is led by Gavin cross who is a top 10 uh, draft prospect right now. All that dude does is hit and he gets it done with the glove too. So I am really looking to that Virginia tech series as a big resume builder and a chance for Louisville to solidify themselves, not only as a regional host, but also a top eight regional host. That Virginia tech team, like you said, they've literally just come out of nowhere.
1: I think Blacksburg, There really hasn't been any excitement around college baseball for as long as I can remember, but they, that program is just rolling right now. They went into Virginia this past weekend and won at Virginia for the first time ever. Like there's, they won the series. I'm sure they've won games before, but they won the series for the first time at in Charlottesville Ever, which is hard to believe because those two teams probably, you know, they probably play there every other year. So pretty impressive what Virginia Tech has going on right now. You gotta think, honestly, if Louisville goes into that series, as long as they don't lose every other game, but if they go into that series at Virginia Tech, a team that's top five in the country, if they win that series, there's a good chance Louisville's basically just gonna be a top 16 and they're gonna host. Yeah. I don't I don't see any other way around that. If you your last second-to-last series of the season is on the road, top five team, and you win the series, you're probably going to host. So, after that, Louisville gets another crack at EKU, and then they will host Virginia to finish the season at Jim Patterson Stadium. So, I think Virginia right now, they are, let's see, they're 20th in the RPI um 33 and 12 14 and 10 in the ACC so very similar to where Louisville is right now Virginia was hot i think they were up to you know top 2 or 3 not too long ago and they've they've kind of fallen off so uh, that Virginia team's going to be going to be desperate for some wins to try to stay in the in the top 16 come the end of the season here in just a couple weeks. And I feel like we always finish the year with Virginia and baseball and basketball. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm tired of playing Virginia at the end of the season and just breaking our hearts. I don't know how you feel about that, Aaron.
0: No, I, I couldn't agree more. I'm done with Virginia. Don't, don't don't need to see them at the end of the year. I am 100% with you.
1: Um, so I know we talked last, a couple weeks ago when we were on – about diving into some stats a little bit more. Keep in mind, everything we're talking about tonight is gonna it's gonna fluctuate just a tad because Louisville did play a game tonight, so these these stats were updated through the weekend of Clemson. But team wise, offensively, Louisville's putting up some just just silly numbers this year. Batting average three sixteen, which is sixth best in the country. They have seven batters above three hundred. And rushing is at two ninety nine. So, if we can just round up a tad, let's say we've got three, we've got eight batters at three hundred or better in our starting lineup. <clears throat> and Bianco is at two eighty five, the lowest of our everyday starters. And if you can find a better nine hole hitter in the country, show him to me, because there's not one. Ben Bianco, there, no question about it, is the best nine hole hitter in the country. He's got. 10 home runs now because of his home run tonight and 45 RBIs, three grand slams. The guy's just clutch. And his glove has really gotten a lot better over at first base. He's made some really nice plays. So, uh, watching the growth of Ben over the past couple years has been a lot of fun. Um, 67, now 68 home runs, good for 23rd in the country, 9.7 runs per game which is tied for UNLV for the most in the country. So, Louisville's putting up almost 10 runs a game, which is best in the nation. Triples, um, they've got 19 this year, which is good for 10th. I think, funny story, I think Bianco, with all of his speed, um, has three, which is weird. Um, (laughs) He's got three of the 19. And then I throw this one in there just for comparison's sake. Louisville's ERA is five and a half. Now, that's obviously changed because they they gave up just one run tonight. But ERA of five and a half is good for 140th in the country. So, not where we want that to be right now, but tonight was um, promising. Not saying that we're, you know, blank everybody for the rest of the season. Actually, our, I just checked. Our ERA actually dropped to 537 you know, we're not going to blank everybody the rest of the season, but promising that they are showing growth at this point in the season, and it wasn't just one guy going out there shutting them down. It was seven different pitchers that went out there and put up a zero spot.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know that with the arms that Williams and McDonald recruit every year, that it was only a matter of time before it clicked for these guys, and hopefully we can build off tonight and kind of use that as a learning curve and, and hopefully keep it rolling the rest of the season. And I'm not saying that the
1: Vandy team they played tonight, it's not the Vandy that we've all become accustomed to over the past couple of years. This isn't a College World Series Vandy team. But they've still got dudes that are hitting well into the 300s. I mean, this is – I mean, they're no slouch. So, putting up a zero spot against Vandy is mighty impressive.
0: Yeah, we uh, also blanked Dominic Keegan, who was a 405 hitter coming into the night. So, that was pretty sweet too. Yeah. Does this ever happen to you? Do you ever get sick of listening to the same old sports
1: radio, Mount Rushmore this, hot seat that, the same rehashed old musty takes you've been hearing for years? Does it send you into a fit of rage, causing you to lose control of the steering wheel, crashing into a vehicle leading to you being late to a big meeting at work, which leads to your ultimate firing and downward spiral of your life? Does this ever happen to you? Don't send your life into a downward spiral. Do what thousands of others are already doing, listening to the State of Louisville Podcast Network, Louisville Football, basketball, women's basketball, baseball, Louisville City and racing Louisville soccer, Louisville culture, and so much more. State of Louisville Podcast Network and stateoflouisville.com. Real fans opinions for real fans like you.
0: Alright, so we're going to move into some individual stats now. Uh, starting off with Jack Payton and batting average. He's currently hitting 382, which is good for fifty sixth in the country. Home runs, it's a Team tie for the – sorry, it's a tie for the team lead right now. We got Cam Masterman and Ben Metzinger, both with 14. That's good for 32nd in the nation. Uh, Once again, with RBIs, led uh, with Masterman and Metzinger. Masterman is 52, which is good for 28th, and Metzinger with 50, which is good for 39th in the country. Oh, Also, with RBIs, we got Logan Beard and Ben Bianco right behind those two, both with 44, and that's good for 96th. On the pitching side of things, we got Jared Poland uh, with an ERA of 2.57, which is good for 72nd in the country. And I know that, you know, those are great numbers. And, you know, you might be wondering why it seems like that's so low. Well, we play in the ACC. You know, there are there are a lot of guys in the top 10 of those lists who play in mid-majors who are just whooping up on all their uh, opponents in conference. They're not seeing ACC-type competition. So to be able to see – ACC players and so many Louisville guys up there uh, near the top of the list is pretty cool to see. And then to that point, we got –
1: No, my bad. Sorry to interrupt you. That's the thing about a lot of these stats when you look at them. You know, you see guys at Dallas Baptist, which Dallas Baptist is a great program, but they don't play the competition. So a lot of the numbers that you see, like from UNLV scoring 9.7 runs a game, they don't play anybody. So, you know, if you compare apples to apples, you know, Louisville – Offensively is one of the best teams in the country.
0: So I wanted to talk about Levi Usher a little bit. Uh, back before the season started, with that uh, series in Florida, or sorry, tournament in Florida, I was asked to do a little write-up on the team, and one of the prompts on there was, "Who's the X factor for this team this year?" And I it took me a little bit to think about that, and I eventually came to Levi Usher. Levi Usher has not uh, really shown so far up until this season, why he's at Louisville. He had some great JUCO numbers, had a great short in 2020, and then in his first full season at Louisville in 2021, he really struggled. I think, believe he hit 216 on the year, only had a couple home runs. It just wasn't the Levi that we were all expecting. And so, you know, early in the season too, Levi struggled a little bit. And I saw some fans that were starting to panic a little bit. And, you know, even a month ago, his batting average, I believe, was around 230, 240. And so to see him turn it on here down the stretch and be able to show all five tools that he has has been really fun to watch. And I have I've loved watching Levi Usher this season. I'm so happy for that guy.
1: And, you know, one thing about Levi, you kind of mentioned it is as Levi goes, this team goes to have somebody in the you know, middle, bottom half of your lineup that can steal. He's 27 of 28 this year. That's unheard of. You know, the guy can do a little bit of everything. He's got six home runs this year, 37 RBI. And we're talking a batter that a month ago was hitting 239 for the season. He's now hitting over 300. And it is May 3rd. So just over a month, he's raised his average over 70 points not only at the plate, Aaron talked about it earlier this weekend. If you didn't see those catches that the guy made one of them, the one on Saturday was a, uh, was number one, on sports center on Saturday evening. So if you did, if you haven't seen them go check them out, the guy covers a ton of ground. He's all over the place. And he's going to be very, very critical to the success that Louisville has going forward the rest of the year.
0: Yeah, for sure. You mentioned it. That guy is a human highlight reel. I have, Not had that much fun watching somebody at Louisville play defense since Devin Harrison, so he is definitely a lot of fun to watch. Devin was a lot of fun.
1: I could watch that guy field ground balls all day long. We're going to jump over to something else. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this. I've um, received a couple messages, and basically what I've heard is that there's going to be a change at Ole Miss at the end of the year. You know, Ole Miss not too long ago was ranked, I believe, number one in the country. They're now not going to make the tournament unless something crazy happens over these past few weeks. And fans have been restless with Mike Bianco for a handful of years. He's been there since 2001, heck, two years ago, 2020, he was the national coach of the year. And before the season, he signed a new contract extension, because he would flirted with LSU, which was his alma mater. You know, in in the, I guess, 21, 22 years he's been there, he's been to six Super Regionals, but of those six Super Regionals, he's only won one of them, made to the College World Series once. So the questions, kind of comments I've been getting, and some of this is from the Ole Miss side, is that they're going to make a change. We all know Dan McDonald came from, Ole Miss. We all know it wouldn't be a summer in Louisville if there weren't discussions about Dan McDonald going somewhere else. So just throwing that out there. I'm not here to say he's going, not here to say he's not. They haven't even made a change yet. So we don't know if they're going to, but all indications point towards there could there will be a change at Old Miss. So just something to keep an eye on. You know, Dan has a new contract that he signed. It's like a rolling seven. So it basically it's designed to get him to stay here. I know in the state budget this past year, they had, it, I think they had what 16 or $18 million in there for an expansion and upgrade to Jim Patterson stadium with his indoor facility. So they're, they're trying to get, you know, coach Mack, everything he needs here. So just something to keep an eye on. Um, don't know if it's going to happen with Bianco. I hope it doesn't because if, if he, uh, if he stays put, then we don't have to worry about any rumors of coach Matt going down there. But the the one thing that I was told was that I I said, you know, what's the shortlist look like? And they said, well, it's Dan. And then it falls way off from there. You know, really after Dan, it's not that I don't like the next two coaches, but you know, you're looking at your link Jarrett's you're looking at Cliff Godwin's from ECU, which great coaches. So I think Ole Miss would try to make a a big hire and do whatever they could to get McDonald. I think McDonald's super happy here. I don't. I don't. I'm not saying he's leaving. I think he's very, very happy at Louisville. But just something to keep an eye on.
0: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. With it's something to keep an eye on. That that's all it is. Just yeah. keep an eye on it. Put it on the back burner. Yeah. I. You know. You're right. It happens every summer where we hear rumors about Dan McDonald potentially going somewhere else. Last summer, I know there were a lot of people who were worried about him potentially going to LSU when that job opened up, but you're right. He's very happy here and we'll cross that bridge when, when that time comes. Yeah,
1: no, I agree hundred percent. I, I don't think he would, I don't think he would go. I think he's, I think he really wants to win a national championship. At Louisville. I think that's his, his dream. I think that's his goal. And I, I don't think he's going to leave until, until that happens. And then I think when he does win, he's going to want to win another one. So I, I don't see Dan, I don't see Dan going anywhere, but it, it's summer. It's Louisville, and it, it's going to be talked about. And one thing is, we're not going to get a whole lot in this because we know what Dan's done for the Louisville program. But if you don't have other coaches that want your coach, then why do you want your coach, right? You know, if, if they're not doing enough to draw attention from other programs, they must be not doing, must not be doing enough, you know, for your program. So, you know, Dan's name's always brought up. Hate to hear it, but it means he's doing the right thing.
0: For sure. Yeah. You, you're a hundred percent correct. I'm not going to worry about it until that time comes. <laughs> exactly. There's no reason to put a whole lot into it right now.
1: Last thing we're going to cover tonight. This is where Aaron shines his pro ball updates, the um, cards in the pros. If I told you last time, I'm going to tell you again, there's nobody better when it comes to cards in the pros than Aaron Turner. It, you need to follow his Twitter account because he's he's constantly posting, you know, players getting promoted and when they have a big night, when they have, you know, their first MLB appearance, when, you know, he's just constantly putting out content. So give him a follow, Louisville Baseball, Alumni Report. But anyways, Aaron, bring us up to speed on what's going on in the MLB or minor leagues with cards right now.
0: Man, I could could make a whole episode out of of what's going on with the pros. I could sit here and talk for an hour at least because there are guys who are doing some big things. Uh, Last episode, I kind of touched on the big leaguers and what's going on with them right now. So I decided to turn attention to minor league baseball right now and who's off to fast starts. Uh, First, just wanted to make a quick note of a couple guys who are with new organizations Uh, Within the last month and a half, we saw both Zach Birdie and Colby Fitch. Unfortunately, got released. Uh, Zach released by Arizona, and Colby was released by Philadelphia. Didn't take them too long to catch on with new organizations, though. Zach Birdie is now with Washington. Yeah, he's down in Florida right now, kind of ramping up. And then I assume that he'll report to AAA. And Colby Fitch is now with the Los Angeles Angels. That was a pretty quick turnaround for him. I think he was a free agent for all of two days. So he's out in Salt Lake now, Triple A with the Angels. And then turning attention to a trio of guys who were drafted just last year, wanted to look at Alex Benellis, Henry Davis, and Lucas Dunn. Benellis is off to a torrid start, like we all knew that he would be. That dude does nothing but hit and hit home runs. He's up to seven on Twitter
1: like you've posted a video of another home run he's hit. Like I every time I refresh it's like there's another Benelli's home run tweet.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I promise it's a it's a new tweet. It's <laughs> Yeah, so he's already up to 7 and what's cool about Benelli's is that when he hits, he hits in bunches. He has a lot of big games. I we we saw that in college too, but now in pro ball, uh he's up he's sitting 290 right now with 7 home runs. And, you know, he, like I said, he's just known for his big games. He doesn't just hit a home run in a game. He'll go out there and, you know, tack on two doubles with it. So he is he's a must-watch at bat right now. And then we got Henry Davis, who right now is hitting 343 with four home runs. I don't think anybody at Louisville is surprised by his fast start to the season. That dude right now, he's currently in high A. I would expect him to be up to double A within the next month or so. Dude is just tearing the cover off the ball. Very defensively sound, elite arm behind the plate. He is fun to watch. And then Lucas Dunn, who was drafted in the eighth round last year. Yeah, I believe he was in the eighth round last year. He is in the Padres organization down at A-ball out in Lake Elsinore. And he is just an electric dude to watch. They've had him playing everywhere. I even heard some rumors that he might get some time at catcher. I don't know. I don't know if that's true, <laughs> but right now he's playing mostly first and third base. Uh, he's an RBI machine. He's already up to nineteen on the year, hitting three eleven, and he's up to one home run. And that home run was an inside the Parker. So I
1: saw that the other day. That was that was fun to watch and hit the ball to left field. The left fielder dove for the ball. You know, coming straight in and missed it and it just popped over his head and went to the wall and when that happens with Lucas
0: Dunn he dude's going to run for days. Yeah, he is an electric watch. I always try to to tune into his at bats when I can. And then a couple more guys here for the position players. I wanted to look at Josh Stowers and Drew Campbell. Both of them are hitting over 300 right now. Josh with a couple home runs and Drew has a home run as well to his his credit this season. What's cool about both of them is that they are human highlight reels out in the outfield. Both have cannons for arms and you know, it seems like they're making diving plays on the nightly. And I've said it since I started the the alumni account that Drew Campbell was one of my favorite slept on guys. Who was a 23rd round pick by the Braves a couple of years ago. It's not the same Drew Campbell that we saw at Louisville. This guy is, is a lot bigger and stronger and he's, He's going to be a fun watch as he rises up through the Braves system. I'm really looking forward to him. So uh, following that, I want to turn attention to a few pitchers here, uh, most notably Brian Hoeing. Hoeing has had an unbelievable start to his 2022 campaign. I believe he got four starts in in Double yeah, A, pitched 25 innings, and just had one earned run which is good for an ERA of 0.35, which led all of professional baseball. And he just earned himself a promotion to triple A. And the way the Marlins are right now, there's a lot of issues with pitching depth and a lot of injuries. And so there's some speculation that Brian Homing could be on the verge of uh, making his major league debut this year, which would be awesome to see. And two more guys who are down there at double A Got Riley Thompson in the Cubs organization and Lincoln Hensman with the White Sox, uh, both of whom had not pitched since 2019 due to the pandemic. They were out all of 2021 with injury, and both have come back this year looking really strong. Riley had a start a couple a couple weeks ago where he he only went three innings. They're still trying to build him back up, but he struck out eight of uh, of nine outs that he got. So. He is electric right now. And then uh, with Lincoln Hensman, he's also a big electric arm. He's up to 98 on the mound, which we didn't see at Louisville. And he's he's become a back end of the uh, of the bullpen guy for the White Sox with their double-A team, which we did see at Louisville. You know, that elite closer, that's, uh, that's Lincoln Hensman. So he's going to be a fun watch this year too. I wouldn't expect him to be in double-A for too much longer either.
1: All right, Aaron. Well, thanks for the pro ball update. I know that's a big task now because the, the amount of cards and the pros that we have after what Dan McDonald's done in the past, you know, fifteen years or so, the amount of professional ballplayers he's put in the Major League Baseball and minor league system. I'm sure that's a that's a tall task to keep up with everybody. So want to thank you all for joining us again for our uh, second episode as we kind of rebrand and restart the podcast this season. Um, Aaron, go ahead and tell us where we
0: can find you on Twitter. Yeah, you can find me at the Louisville Baseball Alumni Report. That is at Elville BSBL alum. And you can find me at on
1: Twitter at Matt Septuvic. You can find me at Card Chronicle and at College Baseball Nation. Thank you all for joining us. And in the words of Sean Moth, we'll see you at the ballpark.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it.